This is exactly right. Everybody, it's mm. a, it's a pre-message. It's pre-message. Pre-message, are you ready for it? The pre-roll, I'm ready for it. Tell us. I'm very excited about this one, Scotty. Oh. July 14th. July 14th. Homecoming for old Brown Oler. We're coming back to Jersey. Asbury Park, New Jersey. We'll be there. House of Independence. Uh, I love that venue. I love Asbury Park. Uh, We're going to be doing a live Bananimals there. Scotty's coming in. I'll be there. That's July 14th. And then right after that, July 17th, we'll be at the Bell House in Brooklyn. We're coming back to Brooklyn, folks. It was beautiful. We loved our Brooklyn show. It was 400 of our friends rocking and rolling, laughing, spoofing, and goofing. So come back out and watch the Banana Boys live. You never know what we're going to (laughs) do. And that's a guarantee. (laughs) Go get our tickets on our Instagram. Uh, Link is in bio. And see you guys in Jersey. Scotty, you ready? Oh, I am so ready. Here it is. Volva spaceship aims to counter prevalence of phallic spacecraft. Okay. Well, let's get into it and give birth to this brand new pile of bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoler. I'm Banana Boy, number two, Scotty Landis. Welcome to the silliest little podcast there ever was, Curdy um, B. Uh, how you doing, buddy? You good? I'm never better. Somebody just now delivered weed. Did you send weed to my house? I did not send weed. That is not my style. Yeah, me neither. But uh, whoever did, thank you so much. All um, right. I'll give it to teenagers. (laughs) Just put it in a little goodie bag. Uh, Let's bring on our fantastic guests. I'm very excited that they're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got got doubles, guys. We're playing doubles bananas tennis uh, with the fantastic comedians. They host uh, the amazing Endless Honeymoon podcast. Mm -hmm. Please welcome the wonderful Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. Thank you. It's really great to be here. I'm stoked, too. I'm here to bring some fucking man energy to this podcast. Brought, That's right. I brought, we just Speaking of bananas, I brought one of my very own, my, oh. my penis banana. Oh, yeah. Right, there it is. Yeah. See, this is the reason we've never had a man on the show. <laughs> Wait, speaking of bananas, when Moshe was wooing me, he was part of a group of boys called the banana boys who would stay up late and like drink hot chocolate and play board games what okay give us some give us some backstory here we need a little backstory the truth is you you two are the second group of banana boys not to officially let me in even though (laughs) you let me hang with you I'm mm-hmm. not a banana boy here. Mm-hmm. So there was a crew of comedians in Los Angeles <laughs> that did really edgy shit. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> come over with a Tupperware. Try to guess who it is of Moshe's friends who would come over with like 
a Tupperware of pristine board games, like huge, like Tupperware. Brent like, Sullivan. Yes, Brent. No, no, <laughs> Brent I mean, Brent Weinbach. Brent, Brent Weinbach, Brent I mean. Brent Weinbach, who looks identical to Brent Sullivan, so you're, you're forgiven. Maybe Doug Pound. Did Doug Pound yes, do this? There we go. We're two for two. Listen, Doug Pound is uh, banana adjacent. I was banana adjacent. We were like... Um, you were I invited see. to the parties. We were like the Italian hooligans who like wanted to hang out with the wise guys, and they would like... <laughs> <laughs> let us steal a truck full of toasters once in a while. So they had some arcane uh, group of rules on how you could actually be an official banana boy. It had to do with uh, the, the distance each one of them was born from one another. And so I could never have, no matter what I ever did, I could never be a banana boy. But the truth oh. is, I feel confident, Scotty. Yeah, Kurt, you're Kurt in I, now. Kurt and I are friends. We surf together and stuff. So if something tragic ever happened to you, God forbid, right? A little yes. bit, God forbid, but... A little bit, it's possible Kirk could say, we want you to be the banana. Oh, oh. yeah, to join. So you would co-host Bananas with me when Scotty has his demise. Yeah, when he has, when he perishes. God forbid, by the way, Scotty, and no offense. Uh, none taken at all. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it every day. Oh, well, welcome. To finally be today. released. Yeah, today you're you're an official banana boy today. You're not just hanging on the periphery. Yeah. And Natasha, you are too. We're very inclusive here. See, nobody nobody gets left out of one. bananas. That's the difference. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to be in this uh, banana collective either. <laughs> Don't take it personally. She just wants to get away. Um, I get it. Do you guys want to hear about this Volvic, Volvic spaceship? Yes, please. Yeah, I would like I to, do. unless Understand. you'd like to hear more about my board game group. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. I hope we come back to it throughout the hour. It should be, we could just call it the Banana Boys Board Game Club uh, as the name of the episode. <laughs> Find out way if you can work it into this story, Moshe. Deal. Uh, this was sent in by uh, Elisa Ryan Hare on Instagram. Uh, this Thank is you. on the website Dezine. D-E-Z-E-E-N. I'm uh, reading it every day. I love that. Absolutely <laughs> love it. I did look it up to make sure that this wasn't just invented by Dezine, and this is a real thing. Um, oh, it this was, was oh, I know that publication. It's published by Azelle Dezine, the famous Broadway <laughs> singer. <laughs> it's her magazine. <laughs> uh, this is written by Rima Sabina Auf. Finally. Uh, a, a German feminist art group has revealed a vulva-shaped spaceship design, which is encouraging the European Space Agency to help realize in order to better represent humanity in space and, quote, restore gender equality to the oh. cosmos. The group Verbracht Feminismus, oh. uh, which translates to Who Needs Feminism, created its vulva spaceship concept to challenge the convention of phallic spaceship design. Okay. It, it says sending a Yannick craft instead would signal incl inclusivity and has started a petition on change.org, which we will post on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, quote, the project adds another dimension to the representation of humanity in space and is communicating to the world that anyone has a place in the universe regardless of their genitalia. And I wish I could show it to you. Okay. It is, it's very vulvic. It is, there's a clitoris. <laughs> there is, there is the vaginal canal. You can see the vaginal canal. There is labia, but it oh. also is a spaceship. It's a straight up spaceship. And they have- I heard, I heard that it- I heard it takes them a, a long time to launch, and sometimes they don't even actually launch. <laughs> Wait, you say there's labia, not there's a labia? Yeah, labia is, is, is a labia is plural, right? Oh, that's okay. what I always thought. Not in our family. 
<laughs> Just one. Just a labius. <laughs> I mean, isn't the obvious thing here, like, what's the best shape to, you know, make sure it's safe and gets up there in the right way? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I, and no offense to the people of who needs feminism, but methinks they probably didn't do a whole lot of uh, structural engineering on aerodynamics <laughs> when they were coming up with their <laughs> It is interesting. They, I watched the video. The video is like really well produced and there's like a, there's an element of tongue in cheek to it, but also with like that they actually believe it's a good idea. Um, and they're saying that it's, it, it's actually better designed to punch through the atmosphere. Um, the and glass, then they have like all the of these like... ceiling, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is good. glass ceiling. This yeah. is good. There's that famous story of when Sally Ride, the astronaut, was going into outer space and she was going to be there for a week. Like almost all the, the engineers and the people sending her into space asked her if 100 tampons would be enough <laughs> tampons for one week. <laughs> is that true? That's yes, a true that's story. True. That's yeah, a true they story. They were like, Sally, will 100 be enough for seven days? And she's like, I believe it will be. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of engineering different aerodynamics, I know that you're being dismissive of what those, uh, those heroes asked Sally Ride. But what Absolutely. you don't know is that the NASA uh, um, engineers did a lot of crunching up the numbers of what a heavy flow week would look like with zero gravity. <laughs> Wait, I actually have a question. Mosha, how many tampons do you think I go through on a, in a day? In a day? In, uh-huh. uh, are you on your period or not? On my period. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good question, though, honestly. In, in a day, one? Okay. Kurt, what do you think? I would say if it's a heavy flow, you could go two to three. If it's heavy, you could go two to three. Okay, and how about for you, Scotty? What do you think? I'm going uh, a morning, uh, two in the day, and one at night. I'm going four banger for... <laughs> that's my vote. Um, well, I'm sure everyone's, you know, got their own amount, but Kurt, two to three... Yes. Oh, Kurt nailed it? Hell yeah. yeah. Boom, 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 boom. But one motion, that was incorrect. Okay, I mean, uh, I'll ask you a question. Have you ever heard of toxic, toxic shock syndrome? Yeah, but it doesn't come from wearing one tampon a day. If it was, tampons would be absolutely um, a dangerous product and no one would use them anymore. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. When I'm really depressed, how many tampons <laughs> soaked in gin do you think I'd boof in a week? I love, Ooh. I just learned boof. I just learned boof the other day, and I did not know. I had to look it up. You know when you just, like, Googling the word, the internet word? And I was so happy to find out. It just means putting it up your butt. <laughs> yeah, boof is when you take drugs or anything up your butt, but there's a way oh, to get— Oh, really? It's called to get boofed? Yeah, but there's a way or to boofing. get boofing that I've heard alcohol— I used to call it parachuting. I thought it was called parachuting. Oh, interesting. Parachuting. Yeah. That's much yeah. more visceral than boofing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also, there's a there's an idea that like the buttocks is the parachute holding the drugs up, you know. Sure, I uh, heard that people boof using tampons when they're alcoholics and have esophageal issues and they can't hold alcohol. Oh, Scotty has a legendary story about these dudes. Yeah, Just tell like a chugging. little bit, a little well, bit of it. A friend of mine was going through a divorce in Pensacola, and I go down to to give some moral support, and uh, I'm visiting some other friends, and I go over, and he's already shirtless and sweaty, and he and these two other guys would play that video game Rock Band together, like, really sincerely for hours and hours at a time, and they were like, do you want to play? And I was like, nah, I'll just watch and have a beer or whatever. And then in between songs, they would rotate, taking turns doing headstands in the corner and with a funnel pouring Jägermeister into each other's buttholes. buttholes. <laughs> wow. What? But they were doing it so casually Wait. that they... 
These are yeah. your friends? <laughs> Not anymore. Haven't seen them in 15 years. That was actually on the other on the podcast when I talked about this, and I'm like, there was a moment where you walk out the door and you're like, well, that was the last time. That was the last time I see these people. But also, no one, The my favorite part about it is that it was so casually done. They just got up from playing the game, went over, did a handstand, yeah. unbuttoned their pants, did a handstand, somebody stuck a funnel in their butt, and then yeah. they didn't say anything to Scotty. Like, they yeah. wasn't like, yeah, we're doing this right now. Yeah, that's because like that. that wasn't the first time they did that. Right. No, I think it was their, like, weekly activity. <laughs> when yeah. I, the first time I went, one of the first times I went to Burning Man in 2001, uh, this guy came up to us we were sitting in this the cafe there. They call it Center Camp. And this guy sat down. Yeah. And he had a, a full briefcase, like a classic 80s greed, for the lack of a better word, is good kind of briefcase. Right. And he, and he clicked it open, and he opened the briefcase. And inside were like a dozen different coffee enemas. And he was like, if you guys are having wow, a down yeah. period at all, if you're out of energy, I really recommend this. And he went through the different <laughs> the different um, kinds of uh, beans that he had used and what each of their properties what? would be. And he was like, this is instant coffee. That's the best bang for your buck. It's going to go straight up there. It'll wake you up instantly. Coffee. Whoa. I always regretted not taking it. I really should have done it. Oh, I wish you had. I would have loved to have known what that's like. I mean, we could do it together. We could actually have a party at Scotty's house, stand on each other's heads and just a coffee Done. enema one another. Yeah, Done. coffee enema party. Has that has that been proven at all, Scotty, that you can get like a different type of drunk from having a shot of Jack up your asshole than down your throat? <laughs> they were so drunk by the time I left. I mean, the, the answer is they were annihilated, wasted. Um... But it was, yeah, it was almost, uh, it was a full body, drunken, sweaty. It was terrifying. Oh, wait, and I've I, seen this. Yeah. Florida ass annihilation? <laughs> yeah. I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's so, the what FAA? Yeah. The other FAA? <laughs> Yeah, I have a question for you guys as parents, um, which this story remind me of, is that mm -hmm. after when Olive like started realizing that you know she had you know private parts and she would talk about them, we we're like, and we were, and, and my wife was like, that's your vagina, and she would be like, it's my vagina, and then I came along and I was like, actually, it's your vulva, and Lord, and my wife was just like. Don't tell her it's her vulva because then it's going to confuse her when she talks about it to other kids. And I'm like, but it is her vulva. Like, she can't, she's not looking at her vagina. She's looking at her vulva. Like, why shouldn't we use all the right words if we're going to be using the right words? But she's like, but that's weird. Like, no one calls it that. And so it would be weird if she does. What do you guys think as parents? I'm with her. Well, we don't, in our family, it's a little complicated because we don't uh, really... Like, we don't call it vagina or vulva. We have, like, a nickname for it. Like right. Innocent. It's called the, the forbidden place. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. If she ever That's brings up work. the forbidden place, she gets, we have this closet, this kind of, like, no stimulus closet. So it's, like, 10 minutes in, in the dark closet if she ever He's even... He's kidding. No, I'm not. Wait. Oh, I'm... Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just totally joking. Yeah. Yeah, in a couple years. That's She's a little young for that. Kurt, I don't know. Are you supposed to be technically accurate? I... You, why do you say you're with her? Well, because practically speaking, she's going to be at school. She's going to mm -hmm. you know, be asking her teacher, you know, her teacher's going to say, wipe your vagina. And she's like, that's not my vagina. That's my vulva. Mm. And the teacher's... Yeah. Then what? Uh... <laughs> 
then she's a nerd. Then all the kids in class think she's a nerd, and that's right. tough. Right. They think she's a, a science nerd. We got a real yeah. anatomy nerd, they say, over But she is. She's totally a science nerd. So I just, like, I feel like one day she's going to find out and be like, why have you guys been telling me the wrong thing? I feel like that. How do you know she's a science nerd? She sings, I mean, like, she just loves science. She sings the song about all of the 12 major body systems, like, all the time. Oh, I Digestive, love that. Digestive. Yeah. Uh, uh, respiratory. <laughs> It's not a vagina, technically. It's a vulva if you want to get specific. The first time I went over in 2020, we went over to Kurtz during the great quarantine. Uh, I sat in the driveway, and the first thing Olive did, she goes, Hey, Scotty, want to know the planets? And she got a piece of chalk out and drew the circles and the designs of all the planets and then jumped from one to one naming them. And I think she was three. So she's she she's really likes science. Yeah. yeah, she's very sciencey. I take it back. If if my child showed any interest in anything besides mermaids right. and unicorns, um, <laughs> and she was like really into body parts and like science and anatomy, mm-hmm. I probably would want to share that with her. But because yeah. she doesn't show interest in those things, <laughs> we keep them from her. We don't tell Good. her. Yeah. That's how they learn, yeah. withholding. You have to withhold as much as possible. That sounds so amazing, Kurt. That's so cool that she's trying an interest like that. Try not to let your jealousy of his daughter show. We got a cool kid. She's a, she's a more of a comedian, though, than she is a scientist, we think, at this point. Good. Good path. Back good to path. the um, vulva ship. I was going to say, why is all European feminism centered around nudity and uh it's all i feel like every time i hear anything about any european feminist group it's like they were in town square shooting ping pong balls out of their vaginas (laughs) oh they went to the kremlin and they had braided their pubic hair into into anti-war symbols it's always something to do with that that is and also like pussy galore you know like that's interesting yeah i have no i have no idea and Pussy Riot, right? I mean, Pussy Riot, right? Pussy Galore Pussy was a, Galore, a woman very that different. James Bond had sex with, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Scotty, give us another one. I will. And this is in honor of the Endless Honeymoon podcast, which I've been binging in a very real way. It's a really good podcast, guys. Congratulations. And just to gas you up a little more, I really applaud you guys for giving not only good advice, a good advice when you can, but also being very supportive. There are a lot of comedians that would give sort of advice that would always only go for the joke, but you do it with so much care that I feel like if I've listened to 20 episodes, I feel like only once I heard somebody leave kind of disappointed from one of the calls and all the other times. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if you listen to 20 episodes, only once did you find anything we said funny, but it was... No, no, no. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great podcast. It's crazy to me, too, that you guys have live guests talking about it. It's such a good... It's great. It's the best. So anyways... Thank you. This is from our buddy boy, Copy Haste, who sends many, many, many stories to us. He is a banana boy. Here we go. Oh, it was written by, how would you pronounce this name? G-E-R-R-I-S-H. Garish? Garish. Garish? We'll go with Garish or or Jerry. What if it's Jerry's? Jerry's, okay. Jerry's plural. (laughs) It's Jerish Lopez, who's the best in the business for timeout.com. You can now get married at Madame Tussauds with a celebrity witness of your choice. So, whether you've been dreaming of getting married in the Little White Chapel or Las Vegas, or you, if you find love at first sight while partying in the Sin City, Madame Tussauds can now bring your dream wedding to life in every special detail, including having an A-list celebrity present. 
That's right. The museum's new walk-up wax wedding program lets lovers walk tie the knot. Walk-up wax wedding? It's a great idea. It's this a is good a great name. idea. Yeah. Uh, allows uh, lovers to tie the knot with an iconic in the White Chapel, ordained with a certified professional and witnessed by a wax figure of award-winning actor George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> that's the one that's like the permanent guy, but you can get all of them. All uh, of them. And <laughs> yeah, the, you can get all of them. Can you go, yeah, into the, the, can you go into the World War II section and get some war criminals? <laughs> yeah, you get Georgia, you get Patton, General yeah. Patton. <laughs> I want Churchill. Uh, if, um, oh, the happy couple will also receive champagne sashes, digital photos, and so much more. If George isn't your cup of heartthrob tea, a special VIP package gets the celebrity witness of your choice. You can get Beyonce. You can get RuPaul. You can get Zach Galifianakis. Of those, <laughs> those it's a weird three. Guys. Yeah. It's a big get. Um, and yeah. Oh, I guess it's because if you want to get a wedding day portrait with Alan from The Hangover next to a pair of your disembodied wax hands, they also make your wax hands for the happily wedded couple. What? That comes with the package. <laughs> so uh, it's on the website. If anybody's in Vegas and wants to get married at Madame Tussauds, they can. The walk-up wax wedding costs $199.99. That's a deal. That's a now, steal to get I married. Like it. You know, I that's the one for newer vows there. with what celebrity? Uh, Beyonce. Great Beyonce. I, that's a I, good well, one. We are all honestly, people always say Beyonce are, and Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny to get Beyonce and then someone you know personally. <laughs> I mean, Zach would probably like the picture of us renewing our vows in front of his wax sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> all I hear when I hear this story is Madame Tussauds is falling on hard financial times. That's right, 100%. There's someone at Tussauds Incorporated like, okay, we have to find a way to start making money again. The internet has made wax statues not the hot ticket item it once was. I honestly feel it's because phone cameras have gotten so good that when you take a photograph of a wax statue, it looks really upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Like when HGTV came in and like that first red carpet season after that, everybody's teeth weren't like perfect. Perfectly white, and then after that, everybody was like, "We're gonna have the whitest teeth in the world." Botox took off after HDTV. Dude, I once. Wait, is that true? Yeah, I once but... went to Natasha's <laughs> dentist. She was like, "You have to go to my dentist." It's... Well, let me say too, it is a dentista. Like it was like where I went from when I first got landed in Hollywood. Whenever I would, I, they don't take insurance. Like you don't need to have insurance. So anyway, I was just loyal to this guy because he helped me through so much. Like when I didn't have any money. Yeah, she Natasha has completely false teeth. These are they were like <laughs> extremely. They're beautiful. Fake. They're beautiful. Well, well done. Well, I mean, they're they're fake. Yeah, of course they're beautiful. Oh, she right. had a, like a lot of decay from like oh a sustained God. methamphetamine use. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. So I went to this dentist, which is in a strip mall in Hollywood, and it was before our special we were going to tape in our Netflix special we were going to tape in uh, Austin. And right. I wanted to get my teeth cleaned so that they looked good. And mm-hmm. um, I went in and said, hey, I want to get my teeth cleaned. Oh, and my dentist couldn't do it because it was like the day before we were going to leave. So she's like, go to my dentist. I've been making fun of her for driving 20 minutes to this strip mall dentist. Like when <laughs> okay. one on the corner of our house. I'm like, just go. So I go and I'm like, I just I want to get my teeth cleaned. And the the uh, like hygienist walks in and is like, okay, well, um, do you want to get your teeth uh, uh, fixed? And I was like, no, I just want to, What? And, he, and oh, like, do you wow. want to get them, get your teeth capped? I go, no, no, no. I, all, I want is, <laughs> I, all, all I want is you to clean my teeth. 
So she's like, okay. She walks out. Then the mm-hmm. dentist walks in. He's like, hey, I heard you didn't want to get your teeth capped, but let me just tell you, um, <laughs> you work, you work in, you're an actor, right? I was like, sort he of. He said that you're an actor. Yes. He's like, you're like a Hollywood person, like your wife. And I go, yeah. And he's like, you got to do it. You're. It's just like this is really important. You have to mandatory. You, sure. You, you just have to get them capped. You got to figure. And I go, look, I don't want any cosmetic dental surgery. I just want to get my teeth clean. So he's like, okay, and he leaves. And then in comes a salesperson. I'm not kidding. Oh, boy. A third person comes in and is oh, like, boy. like, she doesn't have any dental experience. She's just the closer, you know, and she yeah. starts trying to close me. And I like started, I got like very upset. And yeah. And then they called me a bucktooth bitch and threw me out. No, that last Whoa. part didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> well, that same dentist also told me that having one child is not a family. <laughs> <laughs> That's Do you good. still go to this dentist? No, I actually moved oh. to the one down the street that Moshe was telling me, I, and I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're uh, what's the word? Oh, they're professionals. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, they're just not in sales. They just don't have a warehouse of teeth caps in the back where they're like, we got to get every we person get, in this. We got to get town. rid of these. <laughs> There's a guy in San Diego, and I don't know if we have a big listenership in San Diego, but he uh, looks exactly like Tom Cruise. He looks. Exactly like Top Gun era Tom Cruise, where the first time, and he dresses like him, and he laughs like him. And I was in a bar in San Diego about five years ago, (laughs) and I thought Tom Cruise walked in maybe for Top Gun 2. I didn't know. He keeps his mirrored aviators on. Oh, so he he like plays it up. He plays it up. He's fully aware. He walks like Tom Cruise. He laughs like Tom Cruise. His smile. And so he's Every time he around. enters a room, he slides on socks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just in his undies, his tidy whities <laughs> He And he was like saying hey to everybody. And he, at some point, I was near him at the bar and he introduced himself as Maverick, which I was like, okay, man. Oh, boy. And I was like, what's your real name? And he goes, really? I go, yeah. He goes, it's Jerome. And I was like, well, Jerome... This is the most impressive celebrity look like. I'm like, do people hire you? He goes, kind of. He's like, I work at the airport. I give tours at the airport. What? I was like, do you give tours as Tom Cruise? He's like, no. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) But if anybody in San Diego that listens to the podcast could, if you ever have a picture with the San Diego Tom Cruise named Jerome, is his real name, it's it is fascinating, and also you could see like a women the women of a certain age were very interested in this man. Of course. he, it's, it would have been living out a fantasy for Here's sure. Here's the question, how little, how little? Tom Cruise is pretty little. I don't, I mean, I would say he was 5'7 or 5'8. I don't think right. he, I think he was a Cruzian height. You guys, right, there it is. You guys ever hear the story about Tom Cruise going to the Super Bowl party? No. no. I think, well, I think yes. It was at, I think it was Kimmel's. At, what, what's that? At Jimmy Kimmel's? Maybe it was at Kimmel's or yeah. what was, who's the... Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was at Kimmel's. No. Already, this does not sound credible. Well, anyway, <laughs> I wasn't there, but apparently he got invited to a Super Bowl party with, like, some normal comedy people, human beings. Yes. And he showed up with a wrapped, brand-new football. <laughs> yes, he did. And it was, like, yes. tossing. It's in the box still. And he's like, you, you know, like, football. And then they're all oh. talking about being married. And he said, this is what I heard. Of course, every Hollywood story I have that I've I heard this for, too. feels like it's not true. But they're all talking about being married. And he's like, you know the best part of being married? Having sex with your wife. 
<laughs> no, no. Then he spiked also, the box football, did a little celebration, gave dance. everybody the finger, and Moon walked out. He's just like, "Is that what humans do? Is this what humans say?" <laughs> also, it is a, a, a genuinely funny thing to say if you said it knowingly. As I well. don't think it was knowing. I think it was a human being impression. It's the way I, I heard the uh, story. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, I'm going to tease us out to a break real quick with this little headline. Please do. Volunteers wanted for Muff Festival. For Muff Festival. You got it. It's you a, have I'm, something on your mind this week. Your research is very mm. one directional this week, Kurt. This is, <laughs> the Muff Festival is maybe my favorite thing ever. All Can't right, wait. let's get into it on Bananas. At Bananas. Scotty, do you have any shout-outs before we get back into it? I do. I have two quick ones. Kelsey Pops wants to wish her mother, Judy Reed, a happy 79th birthday. Mm-mm. Judy is a bananimal. She loves the podcast, but she says she admits she skips the ones that talk about wieners too much, which isn't that often. And no, it's not today. that often. It's definitely not today. <laughs> she skipped today, so she probably won't hear this shout-out, but Judy, happy 79th, and they're coming to the Portland show, Curdy B, so we'll see mm. them there. And then I have this one because uh, Moshe and Natasha give such good advice. This was a postcard we got sent with us on it, Curdy. Cute. Um, that should be your, your is, logo. Isn't this good? Yeah, it's it's pretty damn good. I like that. It was sent by Meryl, who is in Queensland. And she says, good day, banana boys. Just want to let you know how much I enjoy the podcast. I mainly look forward to the often strange but funny personal anecdotes. Any tips on how to live a life? With such memorable moments. This is a 24-year-old asking. This is an Aussie. Can you get a live show at Big Banana in Coffs Harbor, Ladyfinger Merrill? So, All right. Let's pass it over. What, so guys? any tips on how to live any a tips? life filled with memorable moments? One, try to like marry someone funny if Good. you can or date someone Good tip. funny. And then two, try to really... I don't even know what it means, but I try to just like appreciate the moments and get into them as deeply as you can. Obviously, it's Mm -hmm. extremely hard, but every day I think is a struggle to try to be in the moment, in the moments of your life. And I think meditation can help with that and self-reflection. Time away from your partner can really help. (laughs) (laughs) Most of just fell off camera. Uh, yes, Moshe, what do you think? I would say do drugs. I think doing drugs and would try all the drugs. Absolutely <laughs> maximizes your ability to have memory. You're sober. I know. You're sober. It sucks. My life is boring. But also, <laughs> uh, as a result of being sober, I've had to like very, um, that's the shortcut. Right, and that is... Drugs uh, are the shortcut? Drugs are the shortcut to memorable moments in your life. And so having been sober for a long time, I would say I have very actively tried to cultivate hobbies that would lead to things that uh, that are enjoyable. But, you know, the thing is, I don't think... Surfing, RVing, mm-hmm. Burning Man, DJing. Raves, DJing. Like, I, I have very deliberately in my life comedy. I have very deliberately in my life structured my life in such a way that it never felt boring. And I feel like um, I feel like wild stuff 
is uh, is like the the poor man's uh, memorable moments. You know, like looking for mm-hmm. crazy shit. I mean, you can do that. You can be you can do um, insomnia. What David Tell did with Insomniac, where you're just going from city to city, yeah. like drinking all night, yourself, waiting right. for some fucked up shit to happen. But the, <laughs> but the best way to make your life interesting is to always do things that you love and and never never settle for something that doesn't bring you joy because it's not about That's excitement. It's about great uh, advice. Enjoying yourself. Great advice. I agree with that 100%. I like both of those answers. Thank you, guys. Have you guys ever surfed with Daniel Tosh? Have you guys ever done a Tosh surf? I have not. I definitely, I was surfing at, uh, I was at Staircase once, and I was like, for sure, for sure, I was surfing with Moshe, uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. And I was like, there's Matthew McConaughey. And he seemed like have like some like people <laughs> around him. And I was like, Looks like him. He's not surfing that great. It totally makes sense. <laughs> he's working. He's just flexing really hard in the waves. And then I, we both got out at the same time. And it couldn't have been a person who looks less like Matthew If it was a golden retriever with like a toupee, that's how much it didn't look like Matthew McConaughey out of the didn't water. The you, <laughs> didn't the guy turn to you, shake the seawater out of his hair and say, they call me Maverick and walk away? <laughs> but my name that's is right. Jerome. Also, McConaughey, great wax sculpture to have at your wedding or your funeral. Ooh, Just to have yes. Matthew McConaughey standing there. Beautiful. Kurt, were you disappointed? Uh, I w- no, I wasn't disappointed because I am incredibly bad at identifying uh, pe- like people <laughs> in general, especially celebrities. I remember when we first moved to L.A., Lauren and I were at, uh, we're at Lil Dom's, and I was like, and she was like talking and saying something. I was like, shh, shh. And I was like, Stephen. Spielberg is right behind you. <laughs> and then Lauren was like, really? And she turned around and it was just a guy in a baseball cap. Like that was it. He <laughs> was just wearing a baseball cap. That was all it was. And she's like, that's not Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and so she always makes fun of me whenever I think it's somebody. And also like somebody will walk by and I will not notice. And Lauren will be like, do you notice like the person in the show that we're watching right now is like right there. And I'm like, no, I don't even recognize him at all. So something well, wrong with my face. There's a big banner on the 110 downtown LA. That's for like the LA symphony or the LA orchestra. And for the first two years I lived here, I thought it was Steven Spielberg and Judd Apatow, oh, yeah. but it's just yes, the conductor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I was like, why is Steven Spielberg welcoming me to downtown LA in a tuxedo with tails? To be honest though, <laughs> this city is so worshipful of celebrity and the film industry that I could yeah. see those Not guys. Impossible. Becoming the conductors of the LA Philharmonic. <laughs> like it would yeah. make sense. And they wouldn't know anything. Everybody's just like, well, we can play it without them. <laughs> I don't understand right, here- what conductors are for, by the way. Like, how necessary Nobody are does. conductors? Me neither. And like, it seems to, when you speak to someone who's like into that type of music, they seem to think it really matters. Yeah. And I'm just guys, like, I'm how sure can it? It does. You just don't understand the art form because True. you probably have each been to a classical music show maybe once each. Unfortunately. I dragged Moshe. He's he sat through half of something at the Walt well, oh, Disney concert. I had a very funny experience at the symphony. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> my grandma used to drag me to the symphony. You're wrong. My grandma used to drag me to the symphony all the time when I was a little kid, and it was mm-hmm. just absolute pure hell. But, I mean, I loved her. <laughs> I loved her, and I loved going with her, but I did not love the... 
performance. Music, but at least yeah. She had the decency to take me to things like, you know, Beethoven and Mozart, you know, like mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the one that you took me to, was it Handel? It was Mahler. But- Mahler, who's known for being dissonant, um, <laughs> boring and uh, difficult to listen to. And 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 his music is mainly reflective on uh, death and the end of life. I and, see. And we walk in and it's like the music is resonating with people that are uh, to, moving towards that zone. I mean, it is. Yeah, heading like, towards the light. Right. They are, it's crazy how old everybody in there is to the degree you're like, <laughs> how is this symphony hall? How does this exist? Like, no, how, to the degree that someone actually fell and Moshe well, saved I'm, their That's own. the story. <laughs> 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 Natasha, is, this is always the way. Well, I'm trying to tell the story. I she like goes you. to the punchline before we even do this. <laughs> Well, Moshe likes things to take a really long time. And, and Natasha and likes I, things. I, I, and Natasha <laughs> likes things to not make sense. So she'll just pop. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get back to the show. I know this. Uh, this is the we show. We like stories. Yeah, this we like stories. But, but I appreciate both sides. I going appreciate on here. you, Natasha. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, well, you should come live with her and try and tell your fun stories. Well, you caught an old guy and saved him from breaking a hip or a shoulder or dying. I mean, that is basically what happened. It feels a little anticlimactic to keep telling it, <laughs> but I will. So I was, I, I, everybody's <laughs> like 90. I start walking in and the guy, this like crypt keeper is like, starts getting up and I go, no, 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 it's okay. I can squeeze around you. And he's like, he's like, gets mad at me for telling him not to stand up. And he's like, uh-huh. you won't be young forever. You'll be old too someday. Oh, he wow. said that? Yes. And I go, oh, uh, well, I guess that's sort of the theme of the music we're listening to. Like, like, to. Oh, God. So finally I sit down. It's the worst piece of music I've ever heard in my life. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's like two and a half hours of seeming like it's over. So like an hour in, it crescendos. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. And then it's like, da-da-da-da. I'm like, no, for, two, for another <laughs> hour. Beethoven. I know. But <laughs> I, it just starts up again. Finally, it ends, and I'm getting up, and the the staircase, I cannot tell you how it should be a crime against humanity. Yes. An art form that is appeals to 90-year-olds that is in a, a building this dangerous, because the staircase is basically a ladder. We have to mm-hmm. say we're on, like, the fourth tier. Oh, yeah, we're way up there. And oh, finally, yeah. this, we're walking, and the guy who yelled at me, I see, I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, he will fall. This man will fall. And it's like, sure enough, his body just starts. No. It, he just starts tumbling over. But because I was looking at him and I had been staring at his back going, this is not good. I like grabbed him by the collar and the the bottom of his jacket and just yanked him upright and like literally saved his life because he would have tumbled down the staircase and died. And he, yeah. turned, and he, I saved his life and he like beautiful pushes me off of him turns around, gives me a dirty look, and just walks off. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Handel was right. Everybody here should die. (laughs) It happens. My friend Bobby in New York was carrying a bicycle up off the L train. He was going up the stairs, and he said there was, like, a a larger man, like, three stairs ahead of him. And something happened at the top where everybody got pushed back. So he has he's carrying a bike. There's people behind him, and this man starts to fall back to him. And he throws his hand forward, but the guy was only two stairs, so he couldn't put his hand all the way out. And his hand went like a karate chop directly between the guy's butt cheeks. <laughs> so he was, like, pushing as hard as he could. So it's like the side of his fist just pushing this man's, like, just carrying the weight of this guy. He, 
He brought it up a lot. So <laughs> shout well, out to Bobby. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Moshe, for trying to take you to something to make you a little more sophisticated. <laughs> you know, I, I thought yeah. that maybe you could appreciate it. Um, I was this actually reminded me though once Moshe and I were at the theater in New York. Do, do you remember? Was that with you? I think it was with you. Maybe it was. Mm-hmm. She, she mm-hmm. loves. Sometimes she tells stories and then we realize it's another love. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But it was one of those plays. I think it was. Was it Kinky Boots? I don't know. It, was, it didn't have an intermission. And, you know, we were like, I had really good seats and mm-hmm. I was, I was in there. And then I, you know, I'd say like an hour and 10 minutes into it, I like looked at the man next to me. I was like, you know, excuse me. And he was yeah. tall and his, his, cause you had to pee. I had to pee. And, and he looked at me, he goes, you're not going anywhere, sweet. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was just like, these plebeians, they don't know how to act in the theater. Like, that was his whole vibe. And he wouldn't, oh, God. He wouldn't let me out. And what? he was, like, so... He acted so superior to me. Like, he was, like, the, you know, grand dam of the theater that um, I was, like, intimidated. And then I just... Oh, <laughs> I had to pee the whole You should have Oh, my God. I would have oh, no. peed directly on him. I would have started <laughs> urinating on him. No problem. Be like, I guess I'm not going anywhere, pops. Yeah, you go for the theater. And you <laughs> to be honest, I, I kind of respected it i just i liked that someone was trying to uphold like uh you know a, a behavior in the theater because you go to the theater in la yeah. and it's just like people just kind of think of it as a suggestion to stay seated you know people oh, are yeah. up, they're on their phones they're going you see to the bathroom, phones they're talking you see lots of phones yes Dude, I, true. I went to uh to um a play recently um and I'd turn around and there were these two guys, they were talking and laughing and texting and showing us oh. their phone. And I turn around to tell them to be quiet. You know who it was? Judd <laughs> Apatow and Steven Spielberg. Wow! Yes, <laughs> the yes. kings of the LA Symphony scene. <laughs> they were both in tales. And they said, We run this town. I Welcome did, to Los we Angeles. Went to, we went to Phantom of the Opera. That was not true, the last story. We went oh. to Phantom of the Opera and at uh, the Pantages. And the Pantages is the, I would say, the quintessence of what Natasha's talking about. Pantages mm-hmm. is like hardcore tourism theater. Like it's straight yes. off of Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Like most of the people there, it's probably the first show they've ever seen. But uh, but they have it, good touring companies. Yeah, yeah. It's big it's big Broadway hits, like classic yeah. mainstream. Hamilton, yeah. And we went to see Phantom of the mm-hmm. Opera there. Um, I said Phantom for the theater folks, but I we heard it. We heard what we it needed to hear. It wasn't Phantom of the grocery of the store. For the rest of the people that listen to your podcast, for the the, the fools. Mm-hmm. Um, and the woman sitting behind us, there was like a, a, a like a row of like high school theater dorks. This mm-hmm. is the way you never want to see Phantom of the Opera with a group of Broadway dorks sitting behind you. Uh, Singing. Singing along at two-thirds volume, you know. Oh, like, boy. The Phantom of the Opera is here inside Ugh. my mind. And you want to just tell them to shut up. They're <laughs> oh. having so much fun. And they're so sweet and so nerdy. But anyway. That's apparently at Cats, at the Wintergreen Theater in Cat when Cats was in its, like, whatever, 20th year on Broadway. They, all of the ushers had to, when they would see people come in full, uh, like, cat makeup, yeah, they would have to people. be like, you cannot dance you have to sit and then the cat people would start dancing during it and they would have to come in and be like we're gonna eject you from the play and it was like this whole community of people who would get into full cat makeup and outfits and like go and then like try and dance in their seat that's fun 
I'm for yeah. it. Let them have it. What did people love it. about cats so much? It's because they love cats, too. <laughs> no, no, they're just huge T.S. Eliot heads. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Do you want to hear a joke about Broadway that won't make any sense? And I've never really understood it, but I think it's funny that it exists. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There's a guy. <laughs> what a setup. Who, yeah. What a setup. Who, who Couldn't cats? be lower. Who did cats? Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Yeah. So there's two men sitting in... Uh, an alley behind uh, London's Theater Row. Mm. And th- there's a construction worker on a scaffold that uh, slips on a banana, let's say, for the purposes of this podcast. Absolutely. Slips on a banana on the scaffold, falls oh four stories, bangs his head all the way down. And then mm. when he gets to the bottom, picks himself up, brushes himself off, and walks away totally uninjured. And one theater man says to the other, wow, mm-hmm. that guy was lucky. And the other guy goes, no, you know who's lucky? Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... uh, Yep, still doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Also, I just want everyone to know at home that Natasha was holding her head in her hands during that. That was difficult. She was was deeply embarrassed. She aged four years just stressed out. I mean, God forbid I would have interrupted that story too. Yes. (laughs) All right, I'm going to tell you guys about this Muff Festival. Oh, we right, have to get through fest. at least three stories. Yes, Here we it do. Is. Th- this was sent in uh, by me. I sent it in. I Thank found Thank you, Curdy B. And uh, this is, again, the, ti- the title is Volunteers Wanted for Muff Festival. Uh, okay. Okay, here it is. Written by Catherine McGinty. This She's is in good. Dairy Now. I'm reading it all the time. Uh, the future of the legendary Muff Festival is in doubt due to the lack of volunteers willing to help organize the annual three-day event. No one turned up for last week's planning meeting, so another one has been called for this Saturday (laughs) at 2 p.m. in the Squealing Pig in Muff. (laughs) Austin McLaughlin, a.k.a. DJ Oice Bosch, described the Muff Festival situation as, quote, looking fairly bleak at the minute. Oh, my God. However, an optimistic Oison said, Muff needs a festival. (laughs) It has been an annual event for the past 39 years, except for 2021 when we're living through COVID. It would be good if we were able to go out on a high year. The 40th festival, if a decision is ultimately taken not to have any future festivals, but it is not looking very good at the minute. Ultimately, it's up to the local community. I would say if you really want a festival, please come along to the Saturday's <laughs> meeting and get involved. Okay. So when you might is be this asking, and where is this, Curdy B? Okay, so you're asking, where's Muff? Muff is in uh Northern Ireland. Oh. If you've gone, if you've gone to Buncrana, you just want to make a right. If you've gotten to Ballyliffin, you've gone too far. <laughs> go past Drimsdale up to Ballymena, come around Quigley's point and go right past <laughs> Clack, and there you'll get to Muff. <laughs> I swear to God, all of those are real places. Really? Yes, yep. 100%. I love And wait, is this in Minnesota? No, no, no. In Ireland. In Ireland, Northern Ireland. Half of those are in Ireland and half are in Northern Ireland. I would have to say, like, it's funny to me that uh, they think they can sustain a festival when they can't sustain a planning meeting. (laughs) Mm. It seems like you don't need the festival anymore once you're no longer able to have anyone show up at the beginning meeting. Yes, and I just want to say that this is this is happening right now. We it's a muff festival. They don't know if it's going to happen. I want to say. If we know any, if there are any bananimals listening to this yes. that are near Muff. Or Glack. We, if you're in we Glack. Will, we will host. If you're in Glack, if you're in Ballymiffin, if you're in 
conch glass Quickly or point. porcelain <laughs> or matmullen or ramelton or yeah. listen AC lower. <laughs> listen, we're willing to put on the Bananas Muff Festival in Los Angeles. Yes, we are. For you. you you're not going to be able to attend it, but we will put it on in your honor. Yeah. It's a three-day festival. It seems like it's really simple. Uh, on on Friday, there's an opening parade with Sounds a fun, fun event at the Squealing Pig. Yeah. On Saturday in the festival field, there'd be a tea tent in the craft fair and bouncy well, I love castles. Tea. Tea's delicious. And then on Sunday, it's the big day. They have the races for children's and adults, the egg and the spoon, and the wife carrying race. Always funny. I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm me, laughing honey. just thinking about carrying a wife. I'm not even married. I would win. I have a tiny wife. I would be able to carry you all the way up the craggy rolling green hills of, of Muff. Of Griffith. <laughs> of Griffith Park, right. Well, Muff when Festival. we do Muff Fest, it'll be here. There's yeah. A, there's another event at the Muff Festival that's really popular, which is mm-hmm. all the little girls go into a mm-hmm. tent with their mom, and their mom mm-hmm. says, that is your Muff. And then their dad pops in and goes, no, it's not. It's your labia. It's <laughs> your vulva. <laughs> that's a good callback. I appreciate it. I appreciate well, a good callback. I'm down back. to do it. I'm down to do it. I am you as guys well. should go to Muff. I feel. Why are you limiting yourself to doing it in L.A.? Why don't you get? I agree fly with this to too. Let's fly to Northern Ireland. Let's go to Muff Fest. It happens at the end of July during the August Bank Holiday. We could easily do it. I have nothing left next year. Let's just do it. <laughs> Muff, we're here for you. If anybody's around there, get in touch. We'll work it out. Great merchandise. Here's one for you guys. A little. Yeah, send us home. Send us home. This is our last one. Let's do a little true we'll crime wrap it up. then. Let Let's these guys get to... out of here. Yeah, we'll do another direction. A goat joined in on a police chase and helped make the arrest. What? Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. So this was sent in by Muddy. That's spelled M-U-D-D-D-I-I-I. So thank you, Muddy. And Kurt, this is from your favorite website. Oh, which one? B969FM.com. You love that website. Look, I have a B969FM.com tattooed, and it gets me into all their events. Not Muffest, ironically. Here's a twist we didn't see coming, and neither did the cops. Two police officers in Virginia were arresting a guy. This is good reporting. Just arresting a guy. Arresting well, a guy. Yeah. This two... is this is radio. This is a radio article. Yes, for sure. there's no writer. This is by a the way. morning zoo. They're just like, some shit happened, and then a goat fucked somebody. <laughs> yep. Sound effects, sound effects. The journalistic standards of the banana podcast. It does not live up. <laughs> no. We're guardian only. <laughs> A mediumist in the biz. Two police officers in Virginia were arresting a guy for a domestic assault last month when he ran. He took off on foot and they started chasing him through a field. This happened in Martinsville, Virginia, near the North Carolina border. Then, out of nowhere, a farm animal joined in. One of the cops was running through a field trying to catch the guy when a goat from a neighboring farm decided to join the chase with them. It ran past the cops and made it through a fence and kept gaining on the criminal. Uh, he chased the guy into a wooded area. The cop uh, actually stopped for a second to catch his breath. But when he saw the goat uh, and he was processing what was happening, uh, he called in for backup. The goat eventually helped flush the guy out of the woods where he was arrested. Now people want to give the police, uh, they, they want the cops to give the goat an official commendation for helping. Um, the At guy least went give him jail. a little hat. Give him a little police hat, <laughs> officer's hat. Give him a tin That's... can to eat, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they everybody in this town of near Martinsville, Virginia, wants to give this goat an official police commendation for helping. We say absolutely give goats awards. Yeah, ACAG, all cops are goats. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, I, I, I was in Senegal and I remember the goats would just be on the street at the market. And I remember one just kind of like milking itself like on my feet. And it was just, oh, it was sucking what? its own udder. No, it was just like the milk was just like coming out. Oh, that oh, is just cool. dripping onto your feet. It was just oh, dripping. wow! It was like they just kind of seemed fun. I love that. You know, <laughs> yeah, up for uh, anything. Uh, kind of having Mardi a great Gras life. Vibe. The the real carnival like, vibe. Are, goats are cool. I once saw a goat and it was dribbling milk out of its <laughs> own udder. I mean, cool stuff. <laughs> It just seemed chill and cute. I don't know. Maybe it was a little one. It just looked cute. But goats are cool. <laughs> I think it's funny, the, the mental state of this guy. I mean, can you imagine what goes through your mind? You're you're on a foot chase with the police, and you turn yeah. around, and all of a sudden, there's a goat running after you. You have to process all of the information. You go, oh, my God, yeah. they have police goats now. They have police yes. goats. Yeah. If, they, if he had a little outfit, I think it would have terrified him more. <laughs> like, it would have helped, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, no, like, you know, yeah. a German Shepherd will, like, bite your ankle and, and bring you to the ground, but a goat will Boring. just nibble on your pants and just eat. Or just try and get on top of you and stand on your head. <laughs> <laughs> they just like to get up to high places. Uh, well, I know you guys have a have to have to get out of here, but thank you so much for being on the show. And, and tell please us about plug the pod everything. A bit, yeah. This is a great podcast, you guys. I, I, now I'm realizing when people are like, hey, how do I have... Good stories. You guys have so many great stories. As do oh. you. I thought so. Yeah. We've just all decided to live life, right? Yeah. Always say yes to the trip or to mm-hmm. the... I'm going to try to start doing that most say yes Never more. turn down a good yeah. invitation. Never, never turn ever. down a good invitation. Especially after COVID now, because I don't know if you guys know this, but Moshe has started home DJing. So I did know home that. DJing. I did know that. Yeah, well, I, I haven't gotten the controller yet, but I <laughs> I'm writing my second book right now and I just finished um the section on my rave my rave years. And mm-hmm. uh, at the end of mm-hmm. it, I was like, you know what? It's been 20 years. I think I'm gonna start DJing again. And Natasha has never been hornier. I'll just say Whoa. that. Yeah. No, I'm wow. like, let's leave the house. I'm ready to start getting out there. Let's go get some Omicron. <laughs> let's just like... Places that you can't DJ. <laughs> yeah, no, was like, it would be worth it to catch COVID if I never had to hear you DJ. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you tell us to do? To uh, plug, plug stuff? Away. Oh, plug. plug away. Well, we're going to be... Natasha and I are going to be at the uh, Moon Tower Festival in Austin on... Yeah, us so too. Oh, when are yeah. your dates? The 14th we're there t- 21st and 22nd. So we're there the week before you see so you. Damn uh, it. That's bad news for us as friends, but good news for your listeners because you can come to... Go to both. Shows yes. And there will be no overlap. We're also going to be in Vancouver together at the Just for Laughs Festival there. I'm going to be at the Philly Punchline. Uh, Great. No, sorry. I'm going to be at the Philly Helium in yes. uh in may and, and we're uh, also part of the netflix festival we have a show at the hollywood oh, forever right. cemetery but i don't really know what day it's at oh yeah well, okay I, I, yeah, i'll be there we'll, for we'll that there. i'll be there for that, that sounds fun the netflix is we're doing that at the hollywood forever cemetery so look up netflix.com and listen to our podcast the endless honeymoon podcast where people call in they get advice and people also leave their deep dark secrets on our voicemail yeah hotline. it's great those are so good well you it's guys are really coming great. on soon so there'll be another overlap Oh, Scott, yes. you're going to come on, too. Good. Yeah. See, we'll like be there this weekend, I think. So, oh, yeah. this very weekend? Oh, man, this is going to be great. You guys okay. you guys are welcome to stick your bananas in our muffs anytime. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. <laughs> so much. <laughs> bananas. bananas.
Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstart. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.